Welcome to the Girl Awakening Podcast. I'm Jo Hendy from the Sacred Sister Project. I'm Amanda Parker from Mayella Organics. Together each week, we will share a vulnerable, open and honest podcast about the awakening process in all of its sacredness. Oh, good morning, Joe. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to be back in the chair again with another very special guest. Very special guest. A most special day, uh, as are all our Girl yeah. Awakening days. Uh, but this one's a little bit, or oh, is most close closer to, to home. Yeah, closer to home. Yeah. yeah, closer to home. Very close to home. Uh, been a big chunk of my life journeying with this person. Mm. Um, oh, <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. That's what we love about this process is the, so the feeling the side. Yeah. 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 So today we are sharing space with Tanya Goldie. I think there's a lot of people that know of Tanya Goldie. She's been uh, instrumental in a lot of people's lives at a lot of different levels. And for those of you who don't know Tanya Goldie listeners, Tanya is a iridologist, a practicing iridologist, herbalist, naturopath, homeopath, educator and a psychology graduate and it's a very broad area that Tanya works in uh, for over 30 years now uh, primary care of pregnant mothers newborn t- toddlers and children vaccination injury and prevention male and female infertility gut issues allergies and immune support hormone imbalances and menopause stress related symptoms including anxiety burnout and insomnia treatment of cancer and chronic disease and a very special one care mentoring and guidance for children and people across the spectrum ADD ASD and so on wow Uh, yeah so they're all quite they're all quite just hearing you read them out just then Mm. it's like they're all quite deep you know they're all very close to the heart um life journey care yeah yeah there's a lot of Mm. A lot of care is needed in that alone. Mm, really beautiful. Yeah, so welcome, Tanya, to Girl Awakening. Thank you. Thank you for having me, girls. Oh, You're so welcome. Yeah. I think we go it's back our at honor. least... our oh, honour. Yeah, it's our honour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least, I think we go back at least 25 years. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Which covers a big chunk of, of life in Levine and growing young families. Tanya has two beautiful children. Um, and we've been able to share many clients over the years and occasionally work and practice together which has been very special times uh yeah and gr- raised our families together yeah we've, still we've grown up yeah <laughs> we've grown, grown up. up that's so beautiful yeah you've yeah. also had yes i have Joe. i have um oh, Tanya? in times of need <laughs> we won't go there but um oh. yeah tanya's been a support for me too mm. yeah a very lovely caring lady thank you yeah very special so thank you for coming on to the girl awakening podcast um you're in the hot seat you're in the red hot hot seat seat. (laughs) (laughs) but she's very calmly embracing absolutely (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah tanya's yeah it's beautiful yeah embracing life so let's go how was how 
did your awakening begin, Tanya? Look, I think my awakening began when um, I was a little girl. Mm. So um, I just was going about my business thinking that everybody just knew about the light and healing. And um, so I just thought that everyone knew that you could tap into this white light that was universal, (laughs) bring it through your crown chakra, out your hands to help everybody. And I actually did not realise that that just wasn't the norm until I was maybe 16, 17, till my last year of school, I thought, oh, doesn't it really? <laughs> and so my awakening was a little bit different yeah my awakenings have been a little bit think i think i was kind of um you know uh just under the impression that everyone thought the same as me mm-hmm. and sort of was the same as me yeah. i didn't realize until i was quite old that actually it's not the yeah. case at all <laughs> i do not fit special. into many of those mm. little boxes mm. that society has so um but my awakening into um life of spirit and purpose and uh healing um has always been there mm. that's quite an open heart right from the beginning isn't it yeah to be in that space and actually automatically have everybody there without questioning yeah, I, I was thinking mm. the other day, like, it was quite odd. My father died when I was a little girl, and people would come to the house to, you know, fix things, and uh, and they would say, oh, could you just, um, you know, r- r- help my back here and things? And I was eight. Wow. Uh, and I will just pop my hands on their back or their... Oh. And I just thought that was normal. And, so and we lived beautiful. We lived in the bush, like, where there was, uh, you know, in or in regional places like not play i didn't know what a naturopath was i didn't yeah. even know what mushrooms were until i was about 22 yeah yeah <laughs> so you had like a natural reiki ability i did happening mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah so was your mum aware of that because obviously if, if that was happening and people were coming in like she must have known something was happening uh, my mum's a little bit different too I think. Yeah, uh, yeah but is she not in the same way yeah. at all um oh i think she was probably she was 28 when my dad died and so wow. she just had a massive like it was her satin return and it was just she, i don't think she sort of saw me a lot yes to be honest okay yeah. i mean but she's always she just gave me a great freedom of thought um perspective like i just had just such a, a lot of freedom as a child yeah in my thought and my beliefs and in my life and i, I credit her for that I mean, it probably came about a little bit because she was uh, lost her life partner yeah. so young, but um, and had to, you know, um, had a, a little bit of a rude awakening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was just left, but but it, it, she was there and she was always there to listen. And yeah. Her, but we, I just, I didn't realise it was odd. So I just thought mm. I didn't have reason to speak to her about it. This but, is really mm. beautiful because. I know there are so many parents in this day and age that are torn between that, like giving their children full freedom. And when we say full freedom, we mean allowing kids to experience um, and come into their own whatever that is naturally without being shaped or formed or being the parent that feels like they have to step in. Yes. And there's a lot of parents that feel like they have to step in. 
because they're too afraid that the other way the kid's going to go crazy or you know it's going to have too much know? freedom yeah mm. absolutely or, or maybe they will feel embarrassed or absolutely yeah, yeah so this is really beautiful because yeah, it's allowed so it, you it was it was just a lovely um a lovely space for me so it really suited me mm. as an individual to grow up with the freedom of thought did you have brothers and sisters? I have one younger sister. Yeah. Yeah. So she's um, uh, a lovely lady. So she was um, a bit younger when my father died. And so um, she's had uh, her life. You could not get two more different people, really. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so she works for the government and she has um, <laughs> a, a husband and children and yes. a white picket fence. Yep. Like she has really embraced created created Mm. foundation and the life she wanted as well yeah absolutely Mm. and uh, you know that's nothing wrong with that if that's it was wonderful what they choose yeah Yeah, absolutely so she's had she's had the same so having that freedom of thought has given us both yeah lots of um, that's really interesting room to move yeah Yeah. that's so that's so amazing so what what things were you aware of when you were like eight that you you know that was to you very normal but to others, it would have been strange. What was happening for you? Like, were you just, was it the Reiki, the energy kind of healing thing that you were doing? Was there other things? Were you seeing things? Were no, you, no. I'm not really a seeing person. I still don't. Yeah. I still can't see. I still don't see. Um, uh, so if I was doing a, a chakra meditation, I don't see any colour. Yes, yeah. yeah. At all. Yes. So um, I... I suppose it's just been a knowing, really, yeah. more than anything. And um, my intuition is incredibly um, strong. Incredibly <laughs> strong. How yeah. wonderful that is! Yeah. And, and I've always been aware of. Um, so sometimes, like when I'm practicing, oh, things, some things will come out of my mouth, and I think, oh God, <laughs> where did that come from? And I, I just think that I've always got those little spirit healers there with me. Mm. So I, I don't ever feel alone in that space and it is a space that I trust. Yeah. Um, no matter really what's happening around, sometimes that trust wavers if there's mm. um, moments of um, in society and whatnot that are scary for me. Yeah. But, um, but basically if I go back to centre, I can feel um, those, those guides. Mm. Mm. That's really beautiful and good for the listeners to hear that, you know, mm. especially women. I mean, we're, we're not, we're men and women. We're all about that. We are called Girl Awakening, so we know we have a lot of female listeners. But it's such a strong natural ability for women that we don't connect in with enough mm. or we're too, we're, we, um, we don't trust it enough. And it's, it's innately in us. Mm. Yeah. And I think to be in an environment too as a child where you're growing up in nature, if you want to put it that way, like rural areas, that's a gift as well, isn't it? Because you're you're in tune with what's around you and it's a very grounded energy, but it's also very elemental, you know, like... Yeah, uh, it is. It helps you just to develop or stay stay that person that you are for a longer time, I think, isn't it? I think that's what it is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's been very continued through your life to be in tune with that part of you that channels or intuitively communicates with your environment. Hmm. And that's people as well. I think so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And a lover of animals. Oh, I do love my animals. Yes. So how, when did you leave like rural, like you've, you 
been on the Gold Coast for many, many years. So I came to the Gold Coast um, at my, on my last year of school. Mm. So I went to Merrimack High School. Ah. Year 12. <laughs> so, so you said around 16 was when you started to realise that not everyone's the same mm. as you. So did that kind of coincide with that time of moving um, home as well? or? Yeah, maybe uh, maybe around there. But I left home very early too, really, I suppose. So I left, I finished school and then left the next week. And so, <laughs> and, um, and then I um, started work the next day and then um, started naturopath school the next year, like early the next year. So... Was that a calling, like the, to naturopathy? Not really, I don't think. So I, um, I had wanted to be um, a captain of ship, <laughs> and the That's women wouldn't, wouldn't let uh, the navy wouldn't let women be. Oh, captain. you literally oh, wanted serious? to be the captain. Of, I, just, I thought you were being metaphorical no, about no, being. No, your own, no, I, I just have always loved the ocean. Wow! And, and that, that's what I wasn't doing. I just want if I wasn't couldn't be at the top. Well. Yeah. wasn't going. <laughs> you were going to be a sailor. You wouldn't, you, you wouldn't be the captain. And then I wanted to be oh a dog handler in the police. Yeah. And they wouldn't let women be um, dog handlers in those days. So Wow. How hmm. interesting is that? That is interesting. So then I went to the, a little guidance thing and there was a pamphlet that said naturopath. And I thought, oh, that's actually just me. Oh, I'll just oh. do that. <laughs> so wow. I did. Yeah. So it wasn't. A calling particularly I don't oh maybe it was I'm not sure in my mid-20s yeah. yeah in my mid-20s I, I didn't know what it was so I had until I read that pamphlet I didn't we'd never seen a naturopath I didn't know what that was so it was just um a calling of sports sorts I suppose I I just thought oh yes that's me that's it and your default button isn't it like that trusting that mm. okay reading that resonating with it following through on it yeah, and, and, and in my mid twenties, I thought, oh, maybe I wasn't supposed to do this. Maybe I was supposed to do something else. But um, I had a little thinking, and I thought, oh no, this is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I graduated when I was twenty. That was a problem because I couldn't get registration um, ah. everywhere. So um, the Queensland Naturopathic Association registered me, and I um, gratefully now. Um, I'm still registered with them and uh, I like to give back now because when I was a young naturopath there was um, it was a very male dominated um, profession on the Gold Coast and they were a bit cruel to be honest anyway I outlived all of them <laughs> Ma- male naturopath I, ha- I don't think I've met a male naturopath well, isn't that funny? it's not really a particularly in those days, 30 years ago, it wasn't particularly no. financially a viable option, I think. Right. And so they all left very quickly. Mm. Okay. So it says a lot about kind of motivation for doing what you do, isn't it? I mean, we all need to be financially secure and abundant, but to kind of um, not continue to develop, I guess, and then think, okay, I'm out of here. Yeah, maybe they had other responsibilities and things that I True. didn't have. But mm. it, it, it's always been a great profession to me. I worked hard and um, worked hard continuously and it, it was fine for me. Mm. It's lovely because it's almost like a doctor. You're, you're a doctor, but it's a holistic doctor. That's what I would think mm. of it as. It's like you've got more free reign to step outside that box. Of, yeah, it's yeah. Not, it, it's different to the mainstream medicine, but you're still um, guiding people and educating them and 
offering solutions yeah. for their health issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, um, uh, and it, it is, um, it's a great privilege and it's been an absolute honour to have that profession. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm very, very grateful every yeah. day. Yeah. Because yeah. exactly what you just said, like is it from a health point, healthcare point of view, Tanya's been our family doctor, mm. um, basically. <laughs> and I know you've been that for a lot of other families mm. and people too, generations of people, literally generations. Um, but probably not quite the freedom to practice as a doctor you know you've been quite unique in your sphere of practice and that you've always you've embraced as we as when we when we introduced you and um, spoke about the, the broad spectrum of areas that you support people in it's not easy to navigate all those areas in health and working within medical arenas and having a clear understanding of drugs and um pathology and all those different uh, aspects of medicine mm. yeah. yes which you know it's a, it's a big field in itself but you embrace all of that and are very knowledgeable in the area but you're also very respectful of that and co uh, caring for your clients with all of that area of their lives as they're navigating their health issues and health conditions yeah so I see it as a complementary medicine, mm. and um, so um, I don't for one minute think that I have had the education or expertise um, to call myself a mainstream doctor, but I actually wouldn't want to either. I was going to say, mm, you yeah. wouldn't want to anyway. Yeah, I think the part that I love is that you've got all these amazing ideas that are outside of that. Mm. But it, um, uh, like doing what I've done for as long as I have, um, I have a lot of knowledge of general yeah, medicine now. Yes, mm. yes. And we, some we, very we strong relationships with different medical practitioners as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's um, I feel at this point in my career after 30 years respected and appreciated in general mm. um, uh, by not just my clientele but the broader medical community on the coast. Yeah. 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 I want to... I um, go back I want to go back to the eight-year-old Tanya <laughs> um, and yeah I want to scratch a little bit into there like where did you go with that what you know that beautiful free spirit yeah free spirit that's mm. got this magic inside of her that's aware of it what happened to that like did you take that with you or did you keep it with you did you keep using it did yeah I did. Yeah. yeah so it was never knocked out of me or um ridiculed or or anything it's I think that I have had a very blessed life as far as um maybe that those gifts and um the ability to hold space for people yeah um I've just always been looked after It, it being a naturopath is different like it's um uh, you know, there's not a whole medical association backing you. Like it's a really lonely um, profession in lots of ways. Um, it's um, you know, there's lots of people who don't know what a naturopath is, mm-hmm. and there's lots of people that alternate medicine and naturopaths just grind the absolute wrong way. Yeah. Right. So people are really passionate about it. Yes. Like they either love it. Yes. Don't know about it or hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the people that hate it, like, hate it with a bitter 
um, passion as well. So um, wow. I, I haven't had to come across that very much in my career. Yeah. Which is good, really. Yeah. No, <laughs> I would think that those types of people would be quite unconscious. Yeah, maybe. Only because they're... That's something different. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. I often have pondered why maybe people um, just have, have such... Uh, anger and bitterness towards it but then I look through the history of women it, from a worldly perspective and you know women have been burnt for I was going to say does it go back to the witches for a long time yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well this comes up a lot mm. and, yeah and so you know like those people the persecutors then are no different to the persecutors now to me absolutely mm. so they were the ones that didn't want the magic you know that that was sitting inside all of us that that they knew that if we stepped in there that we were going to start to know and remember who we really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, um, you know, that's why I think the people that, it's even hard to believe there's people out there that would hate it. There's been no reason to, but I get it. It's, you know. It's bigger than us and, and much deeper bigger. and older than yeah 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 but but my little eight-year-old just held her fire and yes and, and at 51 i still hold my fire yes yeah, so, <laughs> so when you went to school um did you take that with you like were you still using that all through school or what did you was there a time where you put it aside and and was there other things evolving um probably there were just other things evolving but um it um it never left. It never left me. Yeah. But it wasn't something. I'm a really private person. Yeah. 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 So um, I have. Ne- I don't really share who I am or my gifts unless it um, it is a really safe space, I suppose. Yeah. So I didn't. Um, uh, n- not that I ever really felt unsafe, but I- I- if someone asked, I would have said. But if no one asked, I wouldn't have said. Mm-hmm. And I get a sense of this little girl in in the bush. Uh, again like apart from being in nature but also that safety that's there outside of you know the busyness of so more um, populated areas where it's smaller community but a close-knit community and as I say people dropping by to help around the house or things it's um, almost like extended family in a way isn't it yeah um, maybe we moved a lot though okay. so um, I don't don't think I ever got that sense of community okay. growing up because by the time I was 21 I'd lived in 22 different houses <laughs> wow so yeah. so I, I thought didn't. I'd moved a lot yeah wow <laughs> and and so I, I don't I don't I didn't really have that okay. yeah was, and, and and maybe that's why I didn't share it too you know just because, because you were worried that you were going to be moved not worried, or just didn't get just to know people well enough yeah, yeah. I think, I think mm. the space was just never created mm. yeah but it, um, uh, but now I've lived in this house for eighteen years. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow, that's my lovely. House now. Yeah. So mm. that's really good. Yeah. Mm, that feels fantastic for me. That's mm. good. That's mm. a bit of grounding. Yeah. Yeah. So and nice. bringing your children through and that. Yeah. I I um, I mm. wanted that for them to just have a family home. Yeah. yeah. Mm. No, that's beautiful. I think the next question is perfect from what we we're just talking about just <laughs> now. Um, and I, I have a feeling you yeah anyway i'm gonna ask so when did you first notice a shift in your thoughts about the world so about the construct or the matrix or the conditioning did you were you aware of those things going on at a young age did they did you start to become more aware of them 
So, um, I think being that very introverted private person, I have just minded my own business. Yeah. <laughs> so it um so the people in my tribe are very like minded people. Yeah. Um, or free thought people. Yeah. And um, uh, uh, so, um, I think for me, um, my pre- working as a naturopath sometimes provided me with opportunity to realize that resistance to to me and to natural healing and um that has saddened me angered me um frightened me Mm. um but not enough to let go of my light absolutely Mm. yeah so what were some of the things you noticed what were some of the conditionings or the that you noticed around you? Um, I think I, sometimes I'm not sure if it's um, because I'm a fairly powerful woman yep. and independent yep. um, or whether it's because I work as a naturopath. Um, ah. I, I, I'm not really sure sometimes what what comes first or, mm. or if I was a, a male naturopath, whether it would be different. Mm. Yeah, I, I do see male naturopaths there's some beautiful ones mm-hmm. um in my profession and they they sort of um have different roles in my profession mm. and so i i'm not sure sometimes if it if they just get their hands dirty like i have yeah yeah so um i'm but the resistance um uh, just that uh, probably acknowledgement for example maybe I see somebody who's under a specialist for, for one example I'm thinking is um, a lady came to me and she'd had a history of eating disorders mm-hmm. and so she was in her 40s and her kidney function had was failing and it had been for a long time and that, that's a, an unfortunate long-term side effect of eating disorders mm-hmm. as a young person and um, I'm, I'm aware of the kidney specialist she was he was she was seeing and in my view, I just wouldn't see him if he was the last doctor on the earth. Yeah, right. And um, uh, I, she didn't have any finances, and I was very aware that she had six weeks, otherwise she was going to start dialysis, so right. it was a very tender time. Yeah. And so I just did some dietary changes and some homeopathics, so they are really gentle medicine, mm-hmm. and her kidney function turned around uh, wow. to the best that it had been in five years, and she didn't have to have dialysis. So the doctor wrote a letter, um, he had to write a letter to her GP and um, you know it was, oh well she's been seeing this uh, naturopath <laughs> and it seems to have worked and I don't know what she did, uh, it was just a rude yes, letter. Yes, and, yes, yes. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. and you think, well why not ask? Yeah. Like, why not ask? Yeah. So and, interesting. And so that, that's probably the question that I um, ask myself uh, about um, what I do is why don't people just ask you know like I, I have mm-hmm. a client at the minute and um, uh, she was diagnosed with a terminal cl- cancer um, 18 months ago and um, sorry 12 months ago and um, a stage 4 lung cancer and now there is no evidence of disease so it's called NED and wow. um, and her specialist knows she hasn't done um, her, you know, he couldn't offer her. He, she's had a, one chemotherapy tablet the whole time uh, that she takes every day, and he knows she's done other things, and he just hasn't asked her. Like he just has not said, 
what did you do? Yeah. L- let me learn about that. Wow. Yeah. And 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 I can think of actually five people in that situation that I know mm. with terminal with having that terminal cancer diagnosis you know supposed to die within six months and you know 18 months later or whatever are alive mm. and and their doctors know have not said tell me about yeah, that yeah. And, and yeah and you just think that that's that just gives me the shits that's that, sad that's, that's the common thing that's yeah. what i've yeah. noticed it's sad yeah. it's sad that they're not open to mm. and and they're if they're in that tradition in that profession where's the level of care mm. for another human being yeah, but but what, it's a simple question to ask. Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. Yeah, what it's have a, been it's taking? a quite a factual <laughs> question, isn't it? There's no there's no emotion about it, and yeah. it's it shows a limitation around the process of growth and evolution mm. and healing in a medical space to not even ask that question, yeah. as you say, which could just change so many people's lives. And I think be more fulfilling for the doctors as well. Yeah, maybe. maybe. (laughs) But it um, uh, is also, I think, the biggest uh, awakening for me in my profession, as far as that, um, the awareness of different parts of society was definitely with COVID. Oh, that was going to be my next question. I was going to say, how did you go the last couple of years? Because I know, just on a planetary level, that has woken up so many people to the medical profession. Yeah. If, if they if they were on the fence, they've definitely climbed over it now. Or if they were totally asleep, maybe there's a few that have woken up and gone, what's really going on? I saw a beautiful man yesterday and he lives in London and he um, he came in and he's a trader and he obviously, and he, he's been a sole parent to his son, uh, you know, for the last 20 odd years. And he, his son's now an adult and he's moved to London has this lovely life there and he said and um he was telling me about the effects of um his realization or his feeling that he really didn't have the freedom that he thought he had mm-hmm. when um covid came and the mandates came and um uh, just to feel his pain yeah. and to f- feel his heartache and his lostness since that and yeah. um you know he's 49 and uh, on all accounts um uh, i'm sure it was the first time he'd visited a naturopath wow Um, but you know he um uh, yeah it really it's been sitting with me since um that and that that was for a lot of people including myself like if it wasn't for mandy i I just wouldn't have survived yeah i don't think yeah (laughs) intact i don't think my little spirit would have I think I would have dropped my fire. Yeah. If it wasn't for my um it, Try. you know, couple of really close girlfriends that I cuz the days were long for me when yeah. it came like that they, they were finishing it uh, you know I've always kept a really strong work life balance. Mm. But worked really hard mm. and um so many people being on call but had mm. that you know incredible capacity to to hold the space and do the long hours, um, very happy to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I did see my work as a calling and a life purpose, and um, you know, was happy to to have that as a big priority. More than, than ever memory. in the last two years. Uh, do you think? Well, no, I've always had that dedication and. Um, oh, sorry, feeling. but what I mean, did you have? Were you being on like called on more Absolutely. than ever? Yeah. 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 And and so the days were really long, mm. and I worked really hard, mm. and um, uh, the 
I, I just did not see that coming. Yeah. Um, the the, the um, challenge to our personal freedom of choice around our bodies. Yeah, mm. yeah. And that was the biggest thing of all, I think, that it came down to most people were pissed off that we didn't have a choice. Yeah. And that bottom was the bottom line. line. Mm. So I think freedom, you know, has for me in my life been an absolute yeah. big priority. Um, and I have... I realise how honoured and grateful I am that I was able to home birth my babies, that I had choices about their health care, um, that I had choices about my health care and um, the, you know, a lot more choice than a lot of people mm. and, um, uh, you, you know, I feel very privileged but I'm very, very aware of my privilege in that yeah. and, um, uh, but I did not see I just didn't see COVID coming. No. And so um, I, I really needed m- my family and friends' mm. support yeah. mm. to be able to hold the space for lots of other people. Yeah, yeah. wow. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank oh, you for, for doing, that. Yeah, yeah. For being there for so many, because yeah. the level of distress is overwhelming, isn't it? Like It was. Uh, because yeah. this is a reflection on how you practice, is, and it's, you know, truly the sense true sense of the word holistic mm. because it's uh, a pra- uh, uh, you know the science and the professional space but also the emotional and the metaphysical space that you work mm. within and so then in this period of crisis you know the covid space the crimes against humanity <laughs> would <laughs> like yeah. i believe it to be um to be caring for people as you do and to have that basically triple or more i don't know god it was huge wasn't it it was really huge uh, and, it's and a I big think thing to do it was a big thing to do but it, the 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 disturbing thing for me was that you know usually um people who are intuitive and critical thinkers so that mm. to me is a very holistic um way of thinking mm. if if you have that you know an intuition um but also that ability to critically think so um that um mm. you know usually one side or the other yeah. um serves a person well and for people to um lose the ability to to um uh to investigate and educate and mm. decide for mm. their bodies what was best mm. was really hard yeah mm. absolutely mm. wow that's powerful and then there was the disease itself yeah yeah uh, that on top of it yeah uh, that was um uh that's that's a crazy disease my mm. goodness yeah uh, it, it just does not feel like it. i mean i have treated the flu and serious illness Most for of a long your time <laughs> Mm. And um, I, it is just so unusual. Mm. And oh. I'm going to put a I big question mark on that. I thought, I'm too scared to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was man-made? Yes. Yes. Mm. Wow. Oh, and so not because of what I've read or what I saw or anything, but because of how it felt and what I saw it do to people. Mm. Wow. Yeah. It just isn't like anything else. Mm. I agree. Um I, my husband and I both got it and it felt um, extremely (laughs) um, like technological. (laughs) 
it like literally did things to us it was bizarre bizarre things like I've never felt the sick a sickness like that mm. but yeah the neurological aspect of its um presence is weird weird mm. extremely weird mm. yeah uh, um and how well. people experience it uh even how they often say catch it there seems to be a uh an emotional commo- component to that as well like uh you know sitting next to someone for half an hour and then finding out they had it and then automatically getting it um are you talking about the jab or are you talking about the the covid okay. the, the, the disease, the disease itself. Yeah. um and other people perhaps having a different mindset about it and mm. sitting next to someone for half an hour and finding out they had it and not getting it mm. um, and that, you can say immune so systems and things like that but it's i feel like when people talk about it there's an emotional component there of oh i must have it um or something i don't know but it's it seems to be more so than different uh like the flu or a cold mm. i don't know is i think that I, I don't know if that's perhaps because um, of the destruction of the of just the name yeah mm, true yeah, yeah. yeah. It just had it held an energy all in its own yeah, it did mm. well, well it does still yeah mm. don't really want to go down that path with you this is all about you today, <laughs> yes. yes but you know amazing to actually hear it how is, something like is. that impacts on you know a very healthy strong resilient woman yeah woman. it did and so the key it, factor how yeah. it can take you well that mm. that disease part that you're talking about that felt manufactured i'm thinking that you probably felt how that could have taken you out too that that mm, side no of that was never going to take but me yeah. out <laughs> you had uh, a talk <laughs> but it's, uh, i think the thing <laughs> is that what i did what i learned from it was that um you know uh, whether our world has war or um it mother earth herself is being uh, destroyed piece mm. by piece i think what it gave for me is the importance of minding my own business mm. in my own space mm. and um uh, you know being as self-sufficient in that emotionally physically and mentally and spiritually as possible beautiful yeah, yeah. one of wow. the powerful sentences that a friend has implanted is Stay in your own lane. Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. 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 Mm. So for me, that's what um, what it did. Yeah. It, it, it made me go, okay, make your lane beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, that's so, that's spot on. Yeah. It's perfect. And I think that that same um, impact had on a lot of people, you know, yeah. to stay in your own lane, look after yourself, look after your family keep your tribe in close you know and um just through love stay and not outside through fear. of mm. everything as mm. much as you can keep your thoughts high mm. yeah mm. yeah so how did, so this how does tanya like because you are a busy person in your career and also as a mother and and a friend how do you nourish yourself how do you support tanya so for a long time now, I have um, just really, like I have a little little sign on my desk and it just says, live simply. Mm. And that, <laughs> and I just find living simply works for me. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't really want for very much. Um, I'm incredibly grateful for what I do have. 
but I really like simple things. Mm. And so uh, I just love a good meal. I love mm. the sun on my face. I love that feel of the ocean. I, I love connecting with um, my tribe. Mm. And I, um, but I find nature a- and everything it provides, even my herbs and, and whatnot, um, uh, the way that I nurture myself. And to keep my thoughts simple as well, you know, like, so if I feel that I'm just, um, I just watch, I'm aware of my thoughts, there's a mindfulness about uh, how I'm thinking and feeling and, um, and I just still listen to that intuition if I need to slow down, I do, um, sometimes that, that, uh, but I trust, you know, if I, if I sort of, you know, over my 30 years, sometimes if I've woken up and I've thought, oh, I just really can't do today, <laughs> uh, as big as it's planned, you know, like there might be a lot of people, well, something will just happen and someone will cancel or something. I, I, I just have absolutely 100% trust oh. that um, if I set my day with intention, it will turn out and I will cope with everything that comes on board, yeah, mm. and... Um, uh, and that that's worked yeah so I think um, I love that just even <laughs> listening to it I'm really asleep but that like, soaking into it it's so beautiful because it, so. I have this conversation with my hubby a lot too I just want to simplify everything yeah you know oh, and that I came up do. in the last couple of years too mm. you know yeah so simplifying things for me is good beautiful mm. yeah I feel that mm. yeah and and even the simplifying of the thoughts very yeah. powerful mm. I think so, hmm. and I think uh, the other thing is, um, uh, I think menopause was a big, uh, a big awakening for me personally as well, um, and more so in that time I have had the need to be kinder to my body and mind and soul because, um, yeah, it it changed a lot. <laughs> This is a great topic, you know. This is a yeah, really a good topic, topic because it's, it's really space. big. And, you know, when we're in this this topic of awareness and consciousness and all of that, menopause is still going to happen, you know. Mm. Does it happen for every woman? Do you yeah, th- Mandy, no. it didn't happen for you, Mandy. No. Mandy just breezed I was going to say, <laughs> do you think it is a lot around the mind too? And, and like, and we're, t- we're, look, we're talking about conditions on the planet and all of this construct and everything. Do you think there's a whole world built up around that as well that's, mm. that's made us well, create we, this chaos around, you know, mm. turning 50 or whatever it is? I think maybe on the Gold Coast, possibly more than other places. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, uh, I think how you look matters a bit more on the Gold Coast compared right. to other places in yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, from my experience, but it um, uh, look, I think you could talk for hours and hours on why some people have a, a difficult menopause and others don't seem to even have one. Yeah. Um, uh, like most phases in life you know it's like giving birth really Mm -hmm. too so i think you've just got to work with what you've got and explore a little bit why it is the way it is Mm. and then work with what you have yeah Um, uh, but for me personally um it came at a time where um one of my babies left home and i went into menopause and it um so there was also a bit more space created i think for me to uh, i'd been very blessed with my health and I still am my menopause wasn't really difficult yeah it was just 
a lot of change. Yeah. <laughs> and so I needed a little bit more space to mm. to um, really journey experience. in that time yeah. and 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 nourish my body in that time. Yeah. yeah. And and that happened. So yeah. It was good. You had the space to do that. I did. Mm. Yeah, that's really lovely. Mm. And because just throwing a little bit of light on the the body changes, like having knowing you, like you've always been a very um you know had an amazing relationship with being physical like you're very active you've always been you know sports exercise activity but you know for the pleasure it gives you physically and how it makes you feel in yourself and the energy levels and that life balance aspect as well so when your body starts to do things that kind of take out your freedom to be able to do some of those things or to perhaps adjust what your physical expression is that's quite a big oh moment isn't it yeah it, mm. it, it was and and i think part of it is i'd had this little theory that um if i exercised enough it would help my menopause <laughs> it, it just didn't <laughs> because in theory exercise mm-hmm. decreases fsh and so it should help but yeah. it actually just didn't help me at all. <laughs> Your body was like, no, I want to go this way. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, many, yeah. There's but, so many things you hear and you just don't know what's the truth and what, yeah. you know. It, it, it is. Uh, I, I've yeah. actually, um, what I think what it gave for me is that realisation that I'd had body privilege in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as a, as a perfect um, size 10 white woman, um, I had body privilege. Yeah. I had had a you know beautifully nourished food wise um the uh, privilege to exercise as i had really wanted uh my adult life mm. and um the going through menopause and that changing um made me very aware of the privilege that i had had and mm. and the um you know the realization that lots of women all over the world have just not had that perfect size ten white woman body, and and mm-hmm. and that um, I, I was a little bit I was ashamed that I hadn't thought of that earlier, and embarrassed. I, you know I'm very aware of my white privilege, and but I hadn't even considered contemplating and reflecting on my body privilege. That's quite that's powerful. That's so isn't it? Because, powerful. Yeah. I hear I'm mm. hearing you because I I resonate with that big time. And now another I'm, also, yeah. you know, hot woman. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like I totally resonate <laughs> with you. I never ever considered it. It was mm. just my body. I never mm. thought about any other way. Mm. And then now I'm getting things that my body's changing shape and it's like, oh, I don't know whether I really like this. And exercise isn't doing anything. <laughs> you know, it's like I gotta find new ways. Mm. But, but, I, but it's a really good to explore oh, that thought that, mm. you know, you've had that, you've been privileged for all that time. Yeah. But other people aren't. Yes. No, absolutely. Mm. I, I'm hearing you. I, yeah, I'm hearing you. And I think, can I bring into here, like, because one of the things that I find in my experience in myself, but also with clients and people generally is a healthy sexual relationship is a big thing in how your body copes with change, isn't it? Like, and I don't mean, I mean within yourself, how you are intimate with yourself and loving yourself and allowing a healthy sexual relationships to be a part of 
nourishing and nurturing yourself. Absolutely. Well, I just mm. love talking about sex. I could talk about sex all day. <laughs> oh, well, let's talk about sex. It's perfect. Wow. There's lots of really good... What a surprise. You surprised me. <laughs> let's go down that path. <laughs> so, girl awakening so sexually. <laughs> so my girl awakening sexually is that where, where I grew up thinking that everybody just was had the freedom of thought and desire to love who they pleased. Yes. Mm. I did not realise that um, I did not realise heterosexual people existed. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just thought everyone was bisexual and they knew that. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So we just missed that small part out of the front. <laughs> did you see that from your – was your mother like that or did you actually just think that because you were so open? That. That's yeah. so beautiful because that might you – know, who knows? That could be the truth. My, my mother is um, – are very open to um, people loving who they want. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So um, there was no, never any restrictions yes. on our sexual um, our orientation or anything. Um, but I just thought that I, if I loved a woman, then I loved a woman. Yes. If I loved a man, I loved. I didn't realise that. That's not how everybody thinks. Right. <laughs> but you were thinking I, in a sexual way too, like that you absolutely. felt attracted to both men and women. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And yeah. I didn't think. I didn't realise until my I had teenagers that that actually oh, I was really old. Yes, <laughs> I I didn't I didn't realise that that's just how everybody thought. Yes, that people actually had heterosexual, like they were heterosexual. I I did I just that thought to me was very foreign. And it's and the loving people in their entirety. Yeah, that, that's where you're coming from, isn't it? Like it's that seeing the person resonating with that person, loving them. For the, person, the the being that they are. Absolutely. I was going to say that's the beingness, isn't it? That's the soul aspect, yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, but I I do I have um I love having sex is and making love or all, all those aspects in between very much a, a way that I like to nourish in my body yeah. definitely yeah. yeah and having those connections with people yes mm. beautiful. Yeah. It's That's a very healthy thing. As yeah, well. it, it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I have found that in my relationship, it enhances them, and I notice that people who have um, an active sex life, whether they're with a partner or without a, a long-term partner, um, uh, are happier people. And that is my gross generalization. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I, I believe yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I believe that totally. I think um, it's very convoluted in the world at the moment around mm. that. It's very mixed. Like what you're saying is very simple and very clear. Mm. But it's very murky waters at the moment, what's happening out there. Oh, we don't even need to go there. But um, So there's a lot of confusion and distraction mm. um, with children and, and the way they view mm. that entirety. But I, I just see that as a progression of... as. Um, as society as a whole ha- is forced to become um, more aware that there is going to be a, a, a turbulent, challenging time um, where the pendulums will swing um, uh, from good to bad, um, uh, as because children did need to have more freedom, I think, and um, to be themselves and love who they want. So. Um, for our children to live in a society that's safe with that, it um, there is going to be a lot of turbulence. It, you know, it's um, no different than feminine feminist thinking 
you know, like the same thing. Well, we're all still a bit confused about, you know, female and male roles and where, uh, but feminine, feminism had to happen in mm. my view, yeah. Mm. So um, I think whenever there's a, an evolution, there, there's going to be an unfortunate um, collateral damage. Concepts. Yeah, mm. But there, there'll be collateral concepts. damage, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, to lots of people. Um, uh, and, and I think, um, you know, as a woman and as a... Um, and uh, working as a naturopath, it, it's just really important that women stand up for their rights yeah. in their body. Yeah, mm. Mm. that's um, and that's that autonomy and sovereignty again. Isn't yeah, it? and Which discernment. Is, you know, recall, that's, that's really about mm. discernment too. Mm. You know, and and I, and I think discernment to me means intuition. You know, really connecting into what am I being told here? That's my truth. Yeah, Not the, the intuition truth. and that critical thinking. Yeah, and yeah. um, so for. Um, uh, so did menopause change my mm. sex? I found that it made me have to take more care, more time, um, uh, and create more space to find the new me in that. Mm. I think, yeah. Mm. So. Um, uh, but do I still have sex? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many stories you hear and you're like, like I heard the story about, oh, your fanny dries up. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, so is it true? It is, it, is true. Does that, that happen fanny, to everyone? No, or? it doesn't happen. But my fanny dried up a bit. And yes. So I had to do something about yes. it. Yes. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it... Um, and there are things you can do about absolutely, it. Absolutely. They yeah. aren't yeah. hormonal and that, yeah, you, you can mm. you can heal um, a dry vajayjee. Yes. Yeah. And so it um and it works so, um yeah so the, the I just couldn't believe that I thought for f- yeah for fuck's sake yeah like you know you give Literally. birth <laughs> yeah you you, you you breastfeed your babies you, you know your little my little pussy got yes. torn apart yes you'd yeah. think you'd at least be able to have yes. sex for as long as you wanted <laughs> give us without a break it, without it hurting yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so that was devastating yeah. for me when mm. sex started to hurt like, yeah. absolutely devastating and um, you know but uh, thankfully I was resourceful enough to be able yes. to heal that and mm. oh my gosh so determined for that not to yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, not to, to lose to, that not magic. to lose yeah. that for absolutely. me myself yeah Um, and I think it's so beautiful that we can talk so openly about it and Mm. for other women to hear that and go there's nothing wrong with you love it's yeah. just you go through a bit there's of a change things you can do. and, and there's, there's things you can do it's allowing it's allowing it's because uh, uh, when you talk about creating more space around okay embracing what how my body wants to relate to sex now what is uh, a um my next sexual experiences <laughs> about that space is inclusive of things like um, nutrition and nourishment and herbs and um, input in that area. But it's also about uh, perhaps you know yoga or meditation or because that um, connection between critical thinking and intuition is a very powerful part of how you communicate to your body and those uh, physical parts of your body are activated, isn't it? Because Absolutely. You, know, you have to have those two things very much in play. 
Mm. And that part, when that part of your life starts to happen, if it hasn't already been a part of your life, it becomes even more so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Mm. And and I, I do think that um, menopause is this wonderful um, opportunity for women to explore their sexuality mm. because it's like everything gets stripped away for some people. Mm. Um, you know, the, m- maybe the way they looked, maybe the way they felt. And um, so it's sort of yourself and your rawness. So that connection then you know it's very real it's mm. it's very authentic and it, it's very deep and it's very um sensual and spiritual and emotional rather than just you know having sex with that you know body privileged um, yeah. uh, space so, yeah um and and it's having confidence in yourself as a woman mm. and believing in yourself um to be bothered and to be brave um, to connect with somebody um, uh, in that vulnerable in the vulnerability Space. of menopause yeah, yeah. Mm. a whole new level of relationship with it self. is it's yeah. a it's a, mm. a really uh, beautiful thing I think mm. it's a it's so interesting because we're here talking about the awakening process and I'm just listening to you and thinking about mm. the stages so we get our period when we're 12 13 14 um, and we're still quite young and naive and all of those things. Some of us are a lot more awake than others. And then we go through that middle part of our life where we're just kind of free and easy and we have everything. And then we come into this menopause stage where we're, we're now sitting in a space as women, probably more in a self-assured space and all that. Then menopause hits us and strips away some of the things that have built us to be there. But we're in now in a place where we're able to handle it more. Yeah, sure. It's such an interesting phase. And I know mm. what I'm saying is probably very... Women have probably worked this out. No, but because for some women it's that way and for other yeah. women, what Tanya's saying, it's not but that way at all. It's no. very compromised. It's yes, but we are in a, a mm. more mature phase than mm. to be able to handle what's coming. But, you know, in Australia, women over 50 uh, make up the biggest homeless population. Yeah, wow. so there, there mm. are a whole group of women in Australia who um, don't know, don't have a home. Wow. Yeah? And so they've been stripped away of everything. They're going through their menopause. They don't, you know, they missed out financially because they had babies often and then chose to leave um, uh, relationships that didn't honour them yeah. um, to be financially um, uh, compromised because of that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, like so, they they don't have the same career opportunities because they're mums, mm-hmm. and then so they just don't have that financial security. And so the, you know, it, it's actually frightful how many homeless women are over fifty there yeah. are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and you know, like we, we can sit here today, all three of mm. us having a home, mm. and you know, exploring that spirituality of menopause and. And what it means, but there are women who who don't have a home. That's really and, sad, and it's 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 horrendous. But um, you know, and it's part of the evolution of women, you know, maybe uh, gaining that independence from uh, relationships that aren't safe. Yeah. Um. Uh, but it's the collateral damage of yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so very important as um, privileged women that we um. Uh, you know think about that I think mm. yeah. and that we um, you know really um, be beautiful role models for younger women so that they can um, hopefully um, not be in that homeless space absolutely yeah. or that compromised space so sometimes they're not literally on the streets 
they'll be living in someone's garage yeah. or on someone's mm-hmm. lounge. Yeah. But that's not a home. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And imagine, mm-hmm. uh, you know, exploring all these aspects of menopause in that space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, man, that, that, that to me is tough. So I think that um, a very, very important thing as women um, and me personally that I've found is that education is really important. I know it's not important for all people, mm-hmm. men and women, to be successful in their life, but I think for lots of people who maybe haven't um, got that uh, creative ability to be independent mm-hmm. um, financially, physically or mentally um, or emotionally, that education in it is a way of building that that independence mm. and I, I um you've been a lifelong learner I have been a lifelong learner and um you know I grew up in a very low socioeconomic area and I went to um a low socioeconomic area state school and um you know a few years ago I, I went back to university something I've been wanting to do for 30 years mm-hmm. and um when my baby started university she said oh why don't you do that and I said Yes, that's what wow. I'm going to do. It's time for me too. Yeah. So I had that, that um, uh, more space created an opportunity to go back to university. And um, uh, I, um, so it had been something I had desired for a long time to, to actually get another bit of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not for the getting of paper part, but for all the bits that come before that bit of paper. So just to go back to university is just something I, I had wanted to do. And a few years ago, the government, um, you know, we just got a letter in the mail one day saying every, everything you've done for the last 30 years professionally is meaningless and that we're no longer going to um, recognise um, naturopathy in private health cover. And um, that was a big fuck It was oh. huge for me. Wow. Um, it was huge for me in lots of levels. Mm. Um, uh, it was the biggest kick in the guts that I've had professionally. Not... It didn't actually change my bottom line or how many people I saw, but it was just someone's uneducated um, having the right it's to say that. Oh, it was disrespectful, mm-hmm. but it, you know, and it was uh, for me a, a little bit like the COVID thing, just the awareness of mm. um, institutionalisation, and and there was no warning yeah like no warning at all so there wasn't you know you've got two years to re-educate yourself in case our um pending um uh decisions um Mm -hmm. affects your income um you know and i I have all your career path that you have yeah everything yeah so um uh, so it was a driving force for me to get an actual bit of paper yeah, mm-hmm. another bit of paper, a bit of paper that wasn't in Allied Health, a bit of paper that wasn't a witch doctor's bit of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did explore what um, I would like to do um, mm-hmm. in that space. And, you know, the obvious thing was I spoke to some people who spend a lot of time in universities and they encouraged me to do medicine, but I just thought my heart would break in, in yeah. a million pieces if mm-hmm. I did that. Institutionalization. Yeah, I couldn't do it. So freedom. Yeah, so psychology for me was an expansion of what I do every day um, and something that, a place where I felt safe enough uh, to be myself and to keep my fire alight, um, uh, but also um, not have someone be able to do that to me again, like to catch me unawares again professionally. Um, So I've done um, 
three and a half years and completed an undergrad but I intend and I had to get good enough grade to go into an honours year and then a wow. master's and so that's where I'm at with that space. How exciting. Yeah. However I really do think for women who just don't have that creative ability education is a really good way mm. to um, uh, empower themselves and their families. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me sad um, when I see women who would like to further their education mm -hmm. and they're told they can't, it's too expensive. I, I think education is a bit like having babies. No other human being has a right to deny you of that. Mm. Well, I know my auntie, um, well, uh, one of my close friends, her mother did a degree on um, female mutilation in Australia when she was 70. Mm. And to celebrate wow. graduating, jumped out of a plane. <laughs> That's so epic. Yeah. Um, thinking of you. And uh, my auntie, also in her 80s, extremely intelligent woman, um, would have loved to have gone to university, but mm. you know, was busy with a young family and um, no ability to, to do that. It wasn't yeah. a, a society accepted thing or... Um, financial capacity, all those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. and and so I um I have not seen my age um mm. as a uh, that has not held me back in any area. It's mm. been a blessing for my mm. university studies, and um you know yes, of course there are. It sometimes takes me longer to submit the assignment than it does to write it. <laughs> not quite, but... Uh, and, uh, You're talking uh, about technical Technical difficulties. difficulties. <laughs> um, uh, uh, that it, um, however, you know, there are ways around that. And I think if one thing I'm very aware of is my strength and determination and my ability to inspire and to um, uh, invigorate other women and yeah. people. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know... We we all do, and yeah. uh, and that's a um, a really beautiful thing I mm. think to have that ability you know as a woman to have that ability to just give someone else a little bit of encouragement and strength and determination. Yes. Yeah, that's um, super inspiring. Inspiring. Mm. Um, that's you know you getting that letter. A lot of women would have just went, oh, okay, well I'm doomed or whatever you know, and not thought about the next phase or what I need to do where, where do I need to step up next mm. a lot well, of them would have just it's kind of like what when you said earlier on in your career when they were most it was mostly male dominated and then you've outlived them and, and yeah. you know there's reasons that, as we said like you know financially it wasn't a, a hugely rewarding back in the day um and you know looking after their families and things like that that seemed part of the man's role if you want you know to need to re um, position themselves in their careers, whatever that meant. And as a um, mother in a full-time career, yeah. you're kind of multitasking all those areas. So a Absolutely. You know, so I had my young children. Yeah, I had my first child. Um, I wasn't married and I didn't have a partner, so mm -hmm. I chose to have my baby mm -hmm. um, myself and be um, financially and physically responsible mm -hmm. for her mm -hmm. and so that that has been her whole life mm -hmm. and I've, she's an incredible I've done that very well <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Uh, so I understood that I had the same 
responsibilities around family that other, that maybe my male counterparts had um mm. and, and and yes it's different um but um not impossible for mm. women to resourceful to have it all yes, yeah. yeah and passion for what mm. you've mm. and you know you've said you're and calling. support by mm. people you know support mm. from my tribe mm. yeah mm. Mm. the village yeah in a way yeah, yeah I think the tribe so. yeah my yeah tribe I think. well because when I say village it's like you know the, the carers for your children while you're working but the tribe is an extension of that isn't it you know mm. the, the mental and emotional support mm. yeah mm. I think so which is um, intrinsic to balance mm. yeah all part of it. Part of it. <laughs> um, I know you mentioned you didn't have a lot of time. So I, there's a few questions I think we've already answered, which was um, what do you do now to support yourself for staying in the moment? Is that one that we haven't answered? I don't know whether that's something that we have answered or we have. The other one was how do you see the world and what do you see next for us? Is it in the world? A, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I think that um, uh, for... Our young people um, coming through to be adults, um, I think there's just a huge responsibility on them from, um, you know, just literally a uh, earth point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, mm-hmm. you know, our role as the elders in our community, it's really important uh, to just give them a break. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, support them, let, let them, um, you know, we, I feel they've been lumped pre-COVID with enormous economic, environmental, um, social mm-hmm. responsibilities. And I think we, you know, need to hold their space, hold them high, support them where we can, nurture them where we can, yeah. uh, love them where yeah. we, every, every, at every moment. Yeah. Um, just love them. Yeah. And, um, uh, and hopefully it'll all be okay. Yeah. Mm. I think that kids these days... Um, have so much negative thought going on and they're so hard on themselves already that we don't need to point anything we out do to not them. Need we to just need to love them. So you're so spot on there. Yeah, yeah. The, the world is pretty cruel. Yeah. And um, I, I think they don't need us to be uh, judgmental or, um, yeah, at all. Yeah. No, I agree with that one totally. Um, and what does Tanya do now to support herself? Yeah, so... Um, well, on Saturday mornings, I like going in the ocean with my friend Mandy. Yes. <laughs> you know, dolphins. More dolphins well, we're mates. getting there. <laughs> uh, I reckon we'll be surfing by the time we're Yay. 60. <laughs> That's so beautiful. Uh, surfs are pretty good as well. We're, we're a bit suffers. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, look, I really um, uh, just um, ensuring time for connection with nature is really important oh, for me. Having a bit of sex, eating some good food, <laughs> hanging love out with it. my peeps. Yeah, That's yeah. It. <laughs> keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely that that is it. Just keeping it simple. Stay in my lane and keep it simple. Yeah, mm. that's really really. That's lovely. where the power and the magic is, isn't it? Because you know you continue to can continue to be inspired. Mm. I feel in that way, which you know in the healing modalities, um, it's been able to renew yourself, isn't it? To keep on doing what you do to your where you feel so fulfilled yeah well there's space there for you to do that because it's you've kept everything so simplified 
Yeah, it is. I, I did. Oh, I just love my work every day. Yeah. yeah. I, I really love it. It's it's a beautiful mix of, you know, it's interesting, it's it's diverse, it's inclusive, it's um, rich. Uh, rich with history mm. and, um, uh, yeah, I, I just I just love it. I love mixing up my herbs and, mm. uh, you know, smelling their essence and, um, yeah. you know, um, uh, being grateful. Mm. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, definitely be putting all of your info at the bottom of the <laughs> podcast so anyone that's interested um in 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 catching up with tanya mm. she's amazing so many areas even if you have a dry jj she can help with that <laughs> sure can <laughs> oh well, i mean we've talked about plant medicine in lots of different ways but i feel um that it's becoming very topical to be certain aspects of plant medicine but you know um, you've spoken to me over the years about um, different herbs and things that I've been attracted to or using or you've given me and you know the story that you share about these plants um, like comfrey for example is one of my big loves um, and your relationship with plants is back to those days of the medicine woman and the, the shaman and the village healer and but yet in very modern terms today and adding your psychology qualifications on top of it it's a very free space to be in in helping people with the way that you're choosing to work yeah you've really you know i'm bringing this up because uh, it's it's a very conscious creation what you've chosen to do in the way that you work with people by it staying is very, in the very conscious and the way that you've chosen to honour people and what their journeys are about. Mm. And I feel that just deserves a bit of an accolade. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you thank for you. sharing thank you. with us today. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank you. Uh, to our Girl Awakening podcast. We will see you next week with a new guest and we look forward to sharing with you an awakening. There's a link in our show notes for info regarding our guest and a special blissful thank you to Ksenia Luki, the amazing artist behind our theme song. We will see you next week. Bye. I talk to a spirit she comes in my dreams She teaches me lessons And boy does she sing Her voice sways like a hummingbird